Well, let's hear God's word once more, the 23rd Psalm. This is God's holy and inspired word. Please give it your full attention. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall pursue me all the days of my life. I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Our Lord and our God, we're so thankful that you've given us this day of resurrection in which we can gather together to worship you in spirit and truth. Thank you for those who are gathered here. Do pray, Lord, that you would be with me, uh, that I, as I uh, am your servant, to bring the word this morning, uh, that I would not do this of my own strength, but I'd look to you, knowing that it's all of Christ and the work of his spirit. And we do pray for all those who receive this word. We do pray, Lord, that we would put away from our hearts and our minds our the things that um, so occupy us during our uh, days and weeks and that we would focus upon you and know that you are our eternal good. You are our savior. You're our creator. You're our consummator. Uh, you are the one who is all and will be all and all in heaven. And you are the one who is with us now by your spirit as we worship in the presence of the risen Christ. In this we do pray in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. So I'm hearing an echo. Do I need to turn the one mic off? or? Okay. <laughs> As you can tell, I, uh, I'm kind of loud to begin with. Can you hear me? Okay, I'll do that. But you can't hear me. <laughs> so uh, let's see. Okay, let's see here. Uh, I have it back on. Is that better? Okay, good. Hmm. It was around uh, two years ago this time. Um, I was at a presbytery meeting. Uh, and uh, I'm from Ohio, and I was in a, the Orthodox Presbyterian Church, Presbytery of Ohio meeting. And I received a phone call, and it was from uh, Bill and my good friend Mark Bube and, and Mark informed me he said Danny um, the OPC administrative offices have just had a COVID outbreak and I had just been there and uh, I received that word and I told the rest of the men you know I need to leave because there's been a COVID outbreak um, 10 days later uh, my blood ox oxygen levels in the 70s. I entered Abington Hospital in Philadelphia. The diagnosis was very severe. Um, I had not only COVID, I had pneumonia in both lungs, and I had a blood clot in my uh, left lung. Um, 
there was a heightened sense to the moment, you know, as you're laying there and all these people are scrambling around you and you have the air mass on. They actually, I was, my blood oxygen level was so low, they actually had double masks on me and uh, uh, on high. And, uh, but in the heightened sense uh, of, of that moment, the Lord was merciful to me because what he put on my heart in that situation was the 23rd Psalm. Mm. Um, if he was going to take me to himself, I could think of no better pillow for dying. That he was either going to preserve me to serve him in this life, or I would be with him. And so that uh, gave me peace, that gave me a calm. So uh, they uh, told me, oh, as, as I was there and I was close to going on a ventilator, I didn't want to, I was not going to go on that ventilator. And I said to them, how should I lay? And they said, well, with COVID, you lay on your stomach because that's actually how the inflammation comes out. Uh, it's the best way. And so at this point, uh, from everything, I had 30% capacity in my lungs. But I laid on my uh, stomach, and for the next 72 hours, every two hours, I uh, uh, just rotate over to the other side. And during that period, I would recite the 23rd Psalm. And, uh, and breathe and recite the 23rd Psalm. Well, the Lord was very, very merciful to me. And after about five days, uh, I finally was able to actually uh, set up out of the bed and start to, uh, start to think about um, uh, preaching. And... Uh, And uh, I thought I'll preach on the 23rd Psalm. And so that's what I'd like to do this morning, to preach on the 23rd Psalm. Um, because when it comes to the pilgrimage of this life, as Bill has said this morning, there's so much suffering. And how do we get through uh, this life? It's very painful. Um, I can only, you know, even in preaching this sermon, even in telling you that background, I know that there are those who did not make it out of hospitals. And I know that there are those uh, who have gone to be with the Lord. But how do we uh, have that faithfulness to go forward? It's knowing that the Lord uh, is our shepherd. So that's what I'd like to proclaim to you uh, this morning from God's word that the Lord uh, is our shepherd, that he is the one who looks out over us. He is the one who protects us. Uh, he is the one who cares for us. Um, and he's not just any shepherd. Uh, he's our shepherd. Amen. It's very personal. Amen. The Lord uh, is our shepherd and he provides for us um, 
but uh, here's the thing as we start uh, and as we look at the 23rd Psalm uh, this morning, and I don't want you to misunderstand this because the Lord is the one who provides for our earthly needs. Uh, he blesses us so abundantly. We do not go hungry. The Lord is with us. But in this psalm, uh, what it's talking about here at the beginning is not the things of this world. That's not what's in view. It's not the things that are passing away. Listen to what the great uh, Protestant reformer Martin Luther said about Psalm 23. The world glories and trust in honor, power, riches, and the favor of men. Our psalm, however, glories in none of these, for they are all uncertain and perishable. The Lord is my shepherd speaks a sure, a certain faith, which turns its back on everything temporal and transitory. In other words, when you're confessing that the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want, you are looking to the Lord God, the one who reigns in heaven. You are looking to the Lord God and you, you are confessing, in him I have everything I need in this life. Whether things are going really poorly, <laughs> like you're laying on a hospital bed and everyone there thinks you're going to die, or if you are in perfect health and you're in the prime of your life and your job's going well and your relationship's going well. Either way, what is in view is that this life is about the Lord. And the Lord is my shepherd. And he's the one you direct your gaze to. And he's the one who leads you in the pilgrimage of this life. And see, that's greater than any silver and gold. Amen. You can't put a price upon that. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Luther got it. He understood. It's not about temporal things which are passing away. It's about eternal things. It's about the blessings that come from only knowing the Lord and being in union and communion with Him. And that makes all the difference. Um, the doctors later would tell me, they all would come up and talk to me. And they said, you were so calm. And you were so positive. <laughs> and I said, it was an incredible opportunity to witness. And I said, that's because Jesus Christ has risen from the dead. <laughs> you know, I, I, I had a living hope. And uh, it was a, a tremendous opportunity to uh, get to speak to those doctors and to the nurses. Uh, when you're in the hospital for almost a month, the shifts start to, you start to recognize personnel. And there were those that were got around that I was a Christian. Um, and finally the mask came off and I could talk to them. And so I would even have nurses that would come in and I had one, uh, a Baptist brother, and he would sing hymns the whole time I, uh, he was coming in to help uh, during the night and things like that. But so that's, that's what this psalm is getting to. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. You get, by looking to him, there's a heavenly stability to your life. You know, in, you know one of the great uh, statements in, uh, or at least one of the ones that always fascinates me, 
when you come to uh, the book of Revelation, is when you start to, uh, uh, the, the uh, beloved disciple there is talking about the promise of the new heavens and the new earth. And he also makes the declaration there, there'll be no more sea. <laughs> There's no more change. There's no more, uh, see, the, 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 the sea representing that which is turbulent and that uh, which uh, causes chaos. In heaven, there is, there's no longer any of that because the Lord God reigns and it's no, there's no more sin and there's no more death. So that's how you start this song is knowing that the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And to realize that you're looking to him and as you're looking to him, you are knowing that he has blessed you with that which is eternal. And then that supplies then the stability in your pilgrimage because he is the one, he is the shepherd then who makes me lie down beside green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. So um, I grew up in eastern Ohio uh, on a farm, eastern Ohio, a cattle farm. It was my grandfather's farm. And uh, so I have no experience uh, with, with sheep, uh, but I have experience uh, with cattle and did grow up on the farm. Now, my grandparents um, were separated at the time. And uh, so my grandfather got on a ship in 1927 from Germany and came to America without telling his family uh, in Germany at the time, the poverty was so severe, he didn't know how he could ever live there. It was so hor- horrific. He didn't speak a word of English. He traveled, got to America, traveled till he came to a German-speaking place in eastern Ohio where he could shoe horses. Uh, my grandmother uh, was a first-generation German girl there. And uh, she would bring her father's horses to, to uh, my grandfather, and they fell in love and got married. But when World War II came, um, they both had the entirety of their family, so their brothers, fighting on other sides. All the brothers that my uh, grandfather had left in Germany fought on one side, all my brothers, all of my grandmother's brothers fought on the other side and they, they all died and the, they never forgave one another and so they waited until the last child of 11 was graduated and then they separated um, and so um, here is this family I remember asking my grandfather later uh, witnessing to him about Christ and uh, he, he disbelieved that there couldn't be a God because there was so much pain, and he had gone through so much pain in the world. Um, so here where uh, I grew up in, on top of this hill, on this farm, with my mother in a trailer, uh, and my uh, grandparents were separated. And so occasionally... Uh, my grandmother, uh, they, they were spunky. They, were, they, they had a work ethic like you wouldn't believe. So in order to get back uh, at my grandfather, 
one summer she decided to raise sheep. And she only did that because the way they eat the grass and the pasture affects the cattle. Uh, you really don't have sheep and cattle on the same pasture field. Um, so I don't have uh, uh, any experience with, with sheep, but uh, I do with cattle. And, uh, but there's a, a wonderful book that I would recommend uh, by J. Douglas uh, McMillan called The Lord Our, Our Shepherd that you should read. Um, it's about the 23rd Psalm. And the reason why there's wonderful books written on the 23rd Psalm. As a matter of fact, I have a number of them on my, my shelf. But the reason why I, I recommend this one, uh, Macmillan's The Lord is My Shepherd, is because he was a shepherd. He sh well, from the age of so 12 to 25, he shepherded in Scotland. And so it's very concrete to him in coming to this psalm. The Lord then laid on his heart at age 25 to become a pastor. And so he went off to school. But uh, Macmillan states the very hardest thing for any shepherd to do, or at least for him, was getting the sheep to lie down, to rest. Because they can't hide, they can't fight, and they can't run. They're so vulnerable. And they won't rest. And uh, isn't that the way with us? We're so vulnerable. We know how uh, we can't escape certain things. And uh, we just are so uh, rattled. Uh, we have a shepherd who brings us to places of rest. <laughs> uh, he uh, makes us uh, lie down um, beside still waters. He leads us to those places which are lush and green and feeds us. This is what our, uh, the Lord, our shepherd, does. Uh, and so... Uh, we need to know that when things are beyond us, when uh, things are, are such that can bring us uh, uh, just to a point of, of anxiety. Um, well, the Lord our shepherd wants to give us peace. He wants to give us rest. And that's what he does. But here's the thing that McMillan also says. that So on the one hand, you're a shepherd. You spend the whole day trying to get them to rest. But yet, here's what sheep also do. They'll look for a soft spot. And uh, they'll go and look for a soft spot. And this is the most deadly thing that can happen. So on the one hand, you're trying to get them to rest. On the other hand, if they go away from the flock and find a soft spot, they become what's called cast. And so what that means is they'll find a really squishy soft spot they'll lie down and they cannot get their legs back up under them. And because they cannot get their legs back up under them, the blood stops flowing. And once the blood stops flowing to their three stomachs, it's a fatal position. So you, you just, uh, you can't, you know, um, as a shepherd, um, you have to re rescue them and restore them. Isn't that what we do in this life? Don't we look for the soft spot uh, apart 
from God's word. And it's a deadly position. But we have a shepherd that seeks us out when we are cast. And he restores us. He raises us up. I mean, what a shepherd uh, that we have. Um, And then he leads us in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. So, um, I'll tell you what I did all of my youth as a teenager. It seemed like every week uh, the cattle would be out in Ohio. You have fences, they get out of the fence, and you would herd them back in. Well, here's the wonderful thing about the, the, the Lord our Shepherd He doesn't herd anyone, He's not a cowboy. He doesn't drive us from behind. Do you know what the Lord our shepherd does? He goes in front of us. So unlike eastern Ohio, Palestine, you didn't have fences. You had paths. And the shepherd would go in front of the sheep. And he would go in front of the sheep to protect the sheep from enemies. And he'd also go in front of the sheep to make sure that they didn't get into places that they shouldn't. So in other words, you would be going forward on this path, and to the, to the right, you might have the crops that have been planted. If the sheep gets into those crops, it's the shepherd who would have to pay the cost. But they could graze, say, to the left. So here's the shepherd going down in front of the sheep, not hurting them, leading them, protecting them, but also directing them to that place where uh, they, can, they can feed. Uh, this is what our shepherd does. And we're told also he does it in the text uh, uh, for his name's sake. Do you know what that means? It's so staggering. It means that he's staking his entire reputation upon the sheep getting to their goal. The entire reputation is staked upon he will deliver them to the proper place. Going before them, defending them from his and their enemies, he's doing this. It's incredible. Mm -hmm. Everything that this shepherd is doing uh, here, um, it is just uh, um, amazing. And he's leading us in the path of righteousness. Not just any path, the path of life. The path of righteousness. I mean, we always want to stray. We want to seek that soft spot. We're always rattled by the things of this life. But here's the shepherd who at every moment, in every situation is there for us. And he's staking his reputation upon getting us to that destiny that is before us. Um, It's amazing how much uh, he loves us, how much he is invested in us. Um, But I want you to know this. I've never preached the song. I didn't know this when I picked Psalm 23 to preach for you. But uh, you could look up on the beams and you could actually see how something changes. So this is six, five, that beam right there, the fourth, fourth beam. Uh, things change. 
And I want you to know how things change uh, in regard to the pronouns. Because you see, in the first three verses, David is talking about the shepherd. But in the last three verses, he is talking to the shepherd. So in the opening three verses, the pronouns are in the third person. He makes me lie down. He leads me beside still waters. Once you get to the fourth verse, however, it's in the second person. I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You see, it's one thing to talk about the shepherd. But what happens when we are in the darkest of valleys and life is as tough as it could possibly be? It's another thing to be able to talk to the shepherd, to come to him in prayer, to know that he is with you as you go through that shadow, that valley. Um, Now, notice here also in our text, it doesn't say that... that, um, uh, that uh, we will face no evil. It doesn't say that. There is evil in this, pre- uh, this age, this fallen age. There's sin all around. But what we're told here, as we come to the shepherd in prayer, is that we sh- uh, need not fear any evil because he is with us. Um, uh, he's going to care for us. And one of the ways we see it here is that his rod and his staff, they comfort us. So again, it's very helpful to think of what a shepherd uh, does and who a shepherd is. And you've probably uh, seen uh, uh, either of experienced farming or uh, have seen uh, 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 portraits or whatever. A shepherd, no one on a farm walks around with, uh, with two instruments in either hand. You do not do that. And I can tell you this, growing up, you walk around with one, uh, one instrument. And see, what you do is it has different uses. See, the shepherd carries a, a, a stick. So you would often spend the winter working on, on this instrument. You would find something that had a little hook to it often, and they would often you know, just work on it over the winter. So you'd have it for the next year. But... What it is, it's when the sheep are doing what they shouldn't do. It's a rod. You tap them on the head. <laughs> it corrects them out of love. You, you don't want to do that. And then when they fall into a marsh, you flip that around and the little hook to pull them out. That's what the shepherd does here. Sometimes we need the discipline that the Father who loves us. Other times we need that rescue. But that's what's going on here, uh, this shepherd. And then uh, we have an anointing. Um, and, um, uh, well, we actually come to the table of the Lord here. Um, and uh, <laughs> it's amazing in itself, too. And So we're here. We come to the, to the psalm talking about the shepherd. Now we're talking to the shepherd. He is with us as we go through this valley. Uh, he, uh, his rod and his staff, the comfort. And then he prepares a table for us in the presence of our enemies. Now, um, there's a little sense here in which um, you need to read this, that there's a little bit of a taunt here. 
Sometimes we don't think about that in the 23rd Psalm. But there's a little bit of a taunt going on here. In other words, uh, do you know that um, the Lord is building his church and that there's nothing that Satan can do about it? And do you know what's taking place right now? The Lord is feeding his flock by the word and we will partake of the sacraments. And there's not a single thing Satan can do about it. Hallelujah. In the presence of our enemies, the witness of what the Lord is doing goes forth. And that's what this is testifying to here. And what blessings we have, even as uh, we partake of this now, even as we look forward to that time when we will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And Pastor Bill is exactly right. It is pursue. It is pursue. And he's exactly right that the imagery you should think of, or one of the great imagery, you should think of hounds. Uh, You should think of dogs. Uh, I grew up where uh, my uncles, again, on that farm, you're learning all about me (laughs) in my background. They would go hunting at night. They would work during the day and on the farm and stuff, and they'd go hunting at night, and they had the greatest hunting dogs you've ever seen. They would go anywhere following my uncles. Isn't it incredible? The, the Word of God is telling you that the goodness and mercy of the Lord is following you, pursuing you in that way, yeah. no matter where you go in Amen. this life. You're never alone. You see, uh, that's what's going on in the pilgrimage of this life. The Lord, our shepherd, we're rattled. He calms us down. Uh, We get into places we shouldn't. He restores us. Uh, We go and uh, down the path of life. He is leading us and he's staking his reputation on it. Uh, he's the one uh, that we can come to in prayer in the deepest of valleys. Uh, when we stray and need the discipline of the Lord, He's there. When we need rescuing, He's there. He feeds us with His Word. He anoints a, a table for us. We, we feed upon Him. And His goodness and mercy are with us all the days of our life, and we shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Luther's right. This isn't about passing away things. <laughs> it's about the Lord God and the eternal blessings that he showers upon us even now. But here's the question, friends. How's this possible? Think again of this psalm. You can go down the, the pillars above us. <laughs> We're always rattled in this life. We're always uh, jealous of what we don't have. We're always thinking about the temporal things as defining our life. We're straying from that narrow path. We're not thinking about the Lord's reputation, his love for us. We're just thinking about ourselves. Uh, We're those uh, uh, who fall short We despise at times the discipline of the Lord. Uh, We don't love as we should. We don't think he is with us. We don't think his goodness and mercy 
are following us. And then we, we don't believe, have confidence in the word changing hearts and the spirit at work uh, as he prepares a, a table uh, before us in the presence of our enemies. How, how is it possible that uh, such goodness and mercy are ours? Um, because you know what we are? We're sheep. And you know what the Word of God declares? You know what the prophet Isaiah declares? We all, like sheep, have gone astray. That's what each of us have done. Each of us have turned to his own way. But here's the gospel. The Lord laid upon him the iniquity of us all. Of course, you know who the shepherd is. It's Jesus. Jesus is the shepherd. He's the one that went to the cross that our sins might be forgiven. But here's the the thing uh, about Jesus. Um, He's not only the good shepherd. He's the seeking shepherd. Have you ever thought about that? He is the seeking. You never would have sought him out. You would not have loved him unless he first loved you. You would not have come to him unless he first drew you to himself. He's the seeking shepherd. And do you know how much he loves you? Each and every one of you who believe in him. Do you know how much he loves you? Do you remember that parable in the Gospels where Jesus uh, tells his disciples about which uh, one of you has a hundred sheep and if one of them is lost, does not go out and rescue the one and puts him over his shoulder and returns rejoicing. That's what Jesus Christ has done. Jesus Christ has sought you out when you were lost. Jesus Christ has sought you out, not when you were lost, but sought you out when you were lost and your sins deserve the wrath of God. He's the seeking shepherd, but he is also the good shepherd. And the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. And that is what Jesus Christ has done. He has laid down his life for you. He declares, I am the good shepherd. That's what he has done. He has taken the wrath of God that that we deserve, and he has bore it that we might be cleansed and that we might have life with him. Jesus Christ is the seeking shepherd who gathers a remnant flock. He is the good shepherd who bore our sins with a grand purpose. But he is also the great shepherd. Have you ever thought about this? He is the great shepherd. Do you know where we get that language in the New Testament? We get it from Hebrews chapter 13, where the writer of Hebrews declares that the God of peace is brought again from the dead, our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep by the blood of an eternal covenant. Now, that's a, a, such a benediction. It's, it's, it's so encouraging. But you know what in the Old Testament where that's found? Do you know where the writer of Hebrews is referring to? It's actually Isaiah again. It's actually a prophecy of Isaiah. And it's the 63rd chapter. And do you know what's going on in Isaiah chapter 63? Isaiah is declaring that Moses was the shepherd that the Lord used to bring the people out of captivity to Pharaoh out of bondage there in Egypt. But the writer of Hebrews is saying, as he looks at the, the, the 63rd chapter of Isaiah, as grand as Moses was, 
Jesus is better. Jesus is a better shepherd. Uh, but there's one more thing I, I, I want you to think about in this uh, Isaiah 63 in Moses, and then going back to how he's a better, Jesus is a better shepherd. Do you know why we're told in Isaiah 63, it's like a commentary on the book of Exodus, why the Lord delivered his people, why he had Moses uh, deliver the people there. It was in order to make the name of the Father glorious. Amen. Jesus, the better shepherd, has led a better exodus. No longer are we in captivity to Pharaoh in Egypt. Jesus has delivered us from the captivity of sin and death. That's what Jesus Christ has done with his death upon the cross and his resurrection of the dead. To what end, friends? To what end? Why have you been delivered? It's an order right here, right now, to make the name of the Lord glorious. That's why, that's your purpose. And this is what the great shepherd of the sheep has done. Jesus is a seeking shepherd. Jesus is the good shepherd. Jesus is the great shepherd. Jesus also is the chief shepherd. And then when the chief shepherd appears, 1 Peter chapter 5, you will receive the crown of glory that will never fade away. What is lacking in this pilgrimage? Nothing. Jesus provides everything we need in this life and the one to come. Now, um, when it was a question, I was laying on that hospital bed whether I could go on breathing or not. Um, wasn't thinking about my favorite sports team. Bill knows for me being from Ohio, I love the Buckeyes. I wasn't thinking a bit about that. I wasn't thinking about the repairs that needed to take place in my home. I wasn't thinking about any of the vain things that charm us most. Uh, thinking about the blessed reality that Jesus Christ was my shepherd. And uh, part of the reason that I wanted to if the Lord preserved me is to preach upon this song, is uh, also the realization that um, the blessing that comes by belonging to a church that preaches that. Uh, I know that OPC does not stand for only perfect church. <laughs> we are sinners. We're sinners who do not deserve the blessing of the Lord. But uh, there's nothing... Do you realize how blessed you are? Yes, hallelujah. There's nothing like the gospel. Yes. When I was on that hospital bed, it wasn't going to be Jesus, the moral example, Jesus, the good man, Jesus, the philanthropist, Jesus, the philosopher that was going to save me. That's not where our hope is. It's only in Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who came into this world to save sinners. You can't put a price upon that. You cannot put a price upon it. It's life-changing. It changes everything when you know that. When you know Jesus is your shepherd. 
not just any shepherd, your shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And then to live in light of that, to make the name of God glorious. And knowing that the Lord is going before you at all times. That's blessing. So that's what my encouragement to you from the Word of God is to carry around uh, uh, with you in your hearts. And, and as you live that way, you're going to go the opposite direction of the world. The world doesn't think like this. The world's all about me. And the world's all about this life is the only life. And the world's all about what have you done for me lately? This is the opposite of the world. And you have an anointing by the Spirit. My cup overflows. <laughs> you have an anointing by the Spirit that is sufficient and abundant to go forth and to live for a way that brings glory to God. And if you live in this way, you'll have opportunity to speak to others about Jesus Christ. How can you, you know, they'll say to you, how can you be so optimistic in light of the suffering? It's because you know that you have Christ, the good shepherd, and he is the one who is with me at all times. That's what you can say to others. And so that's my encouragement to you. Sometimes, you know, this is like John 3.16. This is like Ephesians 1. Sometimes the passages that are most familiar can become rote. They can become something that we know. But, it, it, but, but here's the amazing thing about the Word of God. Is that we could have read it a hundred times today. I think it would have been precious every time. Because the Word of God and the Spirit is always having its work upon your heart. And as you believe and as you come to an end of yourself, you're being more molded more and more into the image of the Savior. And as you do that, that word is penetrating and it is changing your life and it is preparing you for that day when you will be in the house of the Lord forever. And there, and there, you will have no confusion about what life is about and no more pain and no more suffering. For you there, as you dwell with the Lord and you feast with him, you're going to praise his name forever and you truly will make the name of the Lord glorious. Amen. Let's pray. Our Lord, our God, as we come to the table this morning, we do pray that we would put our hope in Christ, that one who alone is our Savior, that one who alone has died for our sins. Oh Lord, we do thank you again for this blessed word, and we now thank you for the sacrament. Uh, we do pray, Lord, uh, again, as, as we prepare to receive it, that we would uh, look upon heaven above and know that this is where our hope is found in our Savior. And it's in his name we do pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.